Would you like to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, where healing, spirituality, and culture meet. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Better as he introduces you to healing and spirituality in world cultures. Here's the host of your show, Robert Better. Hi, folks. It's Bob Vetter here. Before the podcast starts, I wanted to offer you something for free available on my website, www.bobvetter.com. It's a download of a game and map of the healer's journey called Sustos, named after the traumatic events that can lead to soul loss. The game provides insights in how we ourselves can be healed and how that process empowers us in our healing efforts with others. Get your free download at www.bobvetter.com. Now, let's get to our latest podcast episode. Greetings, listeners. I'm here today with Hillary Dietmeyer. Hillary was originally a Chicagoan, and she turned a default native San Diegan. She's always had an interest in healing from childhood, and nursing was what she knew she wanted to do. She graduated from nursing school in 2000, married a Marine, and moved to California. Her experience has been across the board of many specialties within the field, and she's seen the healthcare system from the inside out. Two years ago, her marriage was crumbling and life was changing. She knew she needed to shift with it. Fast forward to being now happily divorced, she quickly became disheartened with the medical system and left a steady career in order to pursue holistic coaching medicine. In her holistic nurse coaching, she utilizes modalities including energy work, chakra work, the mind-body connection, and food as medicine. So welcome to the show, Hillary. So glad to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy and excited to be here. Well, Hillary, we outlined a little bit of it. Can you kind of fill in this story for us and tell us how you went from a nursing career to the kind of coaching that you do now? Yeah, for sure. So as you had mentioned in my story, um, a couple of years ago, my marriage was crumbling. I was really, uh, I had some unhealthy habits with food, with relationships, um, just not making good choices and kind of losing myself in my life. And so I really, and even career-wise, looking at my nursing career in the medical field as I was deeply involved in for 20 years, um, just really noticed that we don't have health care in this country, we have sick care. So I, I've been interested in coaching for several years, probably about five to 10 years. And uh, this, just going through those changes kind of was a straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. So um, I realized five to 10 minutes at the bedside, I could not help people heal in the deeper way that people need healing. Um, so I completely changed my diet. Uh, I turned vegan for about six months and it was a lot easier than I anticipated. Uh, but I did move to vegetarianism since then because I missed cheese a little bit. So, <laughs> But uh, just changing my, my diet and then exercising like at least two, two to four miles a day hiking. Um, and then just really changing my mindset. That's my dog, Amos, like whining in the background. So. Amos <laughs> is a part of today's interview too. He is, he always has to be in the, in the middle. <laughs> so yeah, I just really wanted to 
jump, take the leap. And I figure the net would appear as it has. And just to begin my private coaching practice. So I work with people uh, if they want to work on weight loss, if they want to work on stress management. Um, I even help new entrepreneurs with mindset as far as becoming successful. Um, so, and as well as energy and chakra work, because so many of physical ailments are attributed to psychological, uh, some underlying psychological cause, um, like 90%, actually 90% of physical problems have a psychological root and modern medicine does not really address those things. So, um, and actually 80% of chronic diseases can be prevented by lifestyle choice. And so I really want to help people shift their mindset and shift their lifestyle in a way that they can be healthy mentally, emotionally, and physically and spiritually as well. Um, so that's pretty much, it's <laughs> pretty much it in a nutshell. Wonderful, Hillary. So let's, let's back up in your story for a moment. I want you to take us through how you came to change your decision about doing, uh, doing nursing as a career. So what was the, the catalyzing moment for you? Uh, I think 2020 was really the moment with um, the pandemic and everything really uh, shifted my mindset on the way that the medical system operates. Uh, it's a very reactive system and we don't really treat the people as a whole human. You know, it's like, oh, here you have high blood pressure, take this pill. Um, in the course of my career, I, I can recall probably on maybe two hands, <laughs> which is not very often in a 20 year career of, of a physician actually speaking with a patient with, um, you know, blood pressure, uh, cholesterol, you know, chronic issues. Um, I really cannot recall them speaking with the patient about their lifestyle or their diet, or do they have healthy relationships? Um, you know, they just want to kind of put a bandaid on it. And as we know, that doesn't work as far as true healing. So, you know, you're coming back to them every three months for prescription refill instead of, you know, healing yourself from the inside and not needing to see the, the physician anymore. So that was it for me. I was, I just felt out of alignment and out of integrity, um, being in that kind of system to the way, you know, that they react to disease and illness, uh, whether it's psychological or physical. So I just, I couldn't be a part of that any longer. So as we know, doctors are, are there largely to uh, prescribe medication, pharmaceutical. That's, that's largely what modern healthcare has become. And it's probably not a big surprise to anybody listening that that's what doctors do. Now, when you went into nursing, did you have a different idea of what your role would be? In other words, did you think that you would have a chance to have more of a personal impact on patients than the doctors did? Mm -hmm, absolutely. That was, that was my hope. I mean, since I was probably six or seven years old, I had wanted to go into nursing and, you know, for the purpose of healing people and really making an impact um, on a deeper level and just having seen the system from the inside for 20 years, 20 plus years, um, I realized that that was not what we were doing. So and, what, what exactly prevented you from doing that, doing the, the type of nursing that you, you had in your vision? I think I just fell into autopilot, to be honest. Um, you know, I graduated nursing school, got my first job, and then just kind of 
I had done a little bit of every type of specialty. I've done medical, surgical, ortho, neurosurgery, um, patient education, triage, all kinds of things. And I just thought, okay, well, I can't, you know, I guess this is what nursing is, you know, um, just kind of fell into an autopilot. So, so the actual occupation of nursing became not that different than the doctors in that sense. Correct. Correct. And what what did you gain out of nursing? In other words, part of the, the 20 years, you were still interacting every day with patients. So what did you gain from that, would you say? Oh, gosh, all of the positive experiences that I did have in in the field. I mean, I got so much great experience, obviously, I've seen things that people wouldn't ever really care to see <laughs> or be a part of. But um, really, the thing that impacted me the most were the little glimpses I would get of making that deeper impact, uh, befriending a patient's family, um, you know, going that extra mile on the rare circumstances where I had the time to do that because, you know, nurses are multitasking 2000 things at a time and charting all the time. So, um, those little tiny glimpses of the deep impact that I saw was possible. Um, that was really, really meaningful for me. And then what happened from there? So you, you gave up this pretty good job, let's say <laughs> of being a nurse yeah. and kind of dip your toe in the water of, um, this is, this difficult process of starting up a clientele for your own personal coaching. So let's start with your training. So you knew what you didn't want to do um, that was within uh, the nursing field. How did you decide what modalities that you would use? What, what did you decide healing would be and how would you get your training to do that? Yeah, so I think, um, well, we all, I think all of us, you know, we use what works for us. Right. So um, with the chakra work and the energy work, um, energy work, I've kind of dabbled in Reiki over the years. And I have friends that also practice Reiki. And I have used that on patients in the clinical setting. Um, disclaimer without their knowledge, but it did help them. I saw. <laughs> so, you know, going through difficult procedures and things like that, I would just, you know, hold my hands over them and just direct my energy in a healing um you know, whatever area they were having their procedure worked on. Um, and I did notice it did help with their pain control and things like that and their stress or anxiety level. Um, and also I did take a course, the holistic nurse coaching uh, course, which I'm working on getting board certified in that as well. Um, but yeah, I've just used the modalities that have worked best for me over the years through my own inner healing process and my, my deep healing that I've done on myself. Well, let's talk about chakra work because you mentioned that a couple of times and probably most of our listeners know what it is, but I'm guessing that there are some people who have no idea what that means. So <laughs> with what chakras are and then how uh, understanding them can be uh, lead to a therapeutic technique. Yeah, absolutely. What I've known uh, more prevalently with myself is a lot of my chakra blockages have been like throat chakra, which is speaking your truth and, you know, your, your personal power or solar plexus, personal power. Um, those have been the blockages that I've really been working on trying to release and that I've had some success releasing. Also with my clients, when I work with them, I ask them 
not only if they're, you know, if they're stressed out about something um, or, you know, having a difficult time going through some inner healing, I ask them to sit with that and where do they feel it in their body? What does it feel like? Does it feel tight? Does it feel, um, and I actually record personalized uh, chakra meditations for them to use, you know, without um, being in session with me that they can, you know, call upon for, for helping release those blockages. So just for the record, for those listening who don't know what we're talking about right now, chakras are seven energy centers that run from the base of the spine to the top of the head. And in a healthy person, they rotate properly. They, there is a balance in that. But when we have an imbalance in a particular chakra, it can correlate to emotional problems that eventually lead to physical problems. My question for you as someone who was trained in the hard sciences is when we cut somebody open, we don't find a chakra. <laughs> yes. But how do you as a person who had to train uh, so arduously in the hard science part of this, how do you make sense of that? I've always been drawn to alternative healing methods. Um, so even though being in you know the hard science portion for most of my career um i've always been into the more how you would say woo woo <laughs> side of healing chakras Esoteric, shall we say uh, yes <laughs> um you know acupuncture meditation breath work chakras um you name it <laughs> so i think um that's just kind of the dual side of my, of my personality and my work, uh, which is beneficial also to my clients because I can incorporate that hard science and that knowledge of the medical field, um, as well as, you know, the more spiritual side of healing in, in a holistic way. So let's talk for a moment about the relationship between psychological causes and physical problems. You mentioned um, earlier on that about 90% of physical illness can be connected with psychological or I, I would mm -hmm. use the language of emotional issues or causes. Um, can you kind of talk about that for a moment? Sure. Um, yeah, 100%. I had a client that came to me for weight loss and come to dig a little deeper in her issues, why she couldn't lose the weight, why she was just holding on to it. Um, it became that it was an issue of self-worth for her. Uh, due to childhood wounding, generational wounding. So we really worked to help release that energy from her so she could heal and the weight can just literally fall off. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I think we use a lot of times when it's due to weight loss and things like that, we, a lot of people tend to use the weight as like a protection, a physical protection from emotional issues that they don't know how to heal or aren't equipped to heal. So they come to me. <laughs> and in the example that you just gave, did you do chakra work with her as well? I did a little bit of chakra work, but most of her work was um, like inner child healing and uh, affirmations and just kind of digging deeper into the cause, the root cause of that pain and that uh, healing that she needed to do. Wonderful. So let's move on then to talk about how the listener can use some of the information, the ideas, the principles, the teachings, the techniques, um, whatever you have in your bag of tricks. If you <laughs> pull something out for our listeners, 
what could the listener use in their daily life from what you do? Yeah, as far as uh, health goes, it's important to incorporate the diet and nutrition exercise, but as well as the mental aspect. Um, I think, you know, we're so multitasking, especially in the United States, when we can slow down and kind of bring about more mindfulness into our daily life that really, really helps. And instead of multitasking, uh, trying to rewire ourselves to some of the time do monotasking, which kind of forces you to slow down and things like that. Um, plant-based diet is really, really important, um, to ward off many, many diseases. Uh, dairy is very inflammatory. Uh, and if you think about it, you know, when cows produce milk, they're in an, in a hormonal state. So it's like, you're eating all this hormone and, you know, inflammatory laden foods, uh, meat has a lot of antibiotics in it and the animals are in very inhumane environments. So they produce a lot of stress hormones. So essentially when you're eating meat, you're eating all the stress hormones of these animals that have been cooped up. Um, and as far as protein, people worry, Oh, if I'm vegetarian or vegan, I can't get enough protein, but proteins come from amino acids, which animals don't even produce those amino acids. They're produced by plants. So, um, the mindfulness, the nutrition, it's really, really imperative. If you really want to do the deep healing that needs to be done. Um, so that's, that's pretty much it. Um, food is medicine. Emotional healing is medicine. Yeah. Let's start with, with diet and probably everybody listening is thinking to themselves, I'm guessing, uh, that's all very well and good. I know what I should do. I know what I shouldn't do. Uh, what clues can you give us, Hillary, for how to, how to put this into practice, like one step at a time? How do I make it easy on myself if I want to do a major overhaul in my daily mm -hmm. life? Yeah. So first of all, I would say you have to get really clear about your current health and is it going the way that you want it to go? And if you look at your life five years down the road, continuing on this current path of diet and nutrition or you know unhealthy habits, stress, what have you, five years from now, how is your life going to look mentally, emotionally, and physically? Um, are you gonna be on 10 different prescription medications? Are you gonna have heart disease? Are you gonna have a heart attack? Are you gonna get cancer? Um, to get really clear on what your life is going to look like if you just stay on the same path. And then what's gonna happen, what would it look like if you changed? You know, you could be healthier, you're gonna be able to spend more time with your children, be you know present for them, um, get off of medications. So you really wanna weigh what, you, what it is that you want. Um, and then, you know, you can start small, like there, there's so many options now for, for vegan or vegetarian dishes. Um, maybe just try one thing a week, eliminate dairy this week. I mean, they have oat milk, which is delicious and coffee. Um, I love that as my creamer, almond milk, flax milk. I mean, you name it, there's a milk out there. That's not a dairy milk. So maybe try one week eliminating dairy and then maybe try another week, you know, try meatless Monday or something like that. I have some friends that are trying to get on the vegetarian bandwagon. Um, so they're trying meatless Monday. So there is, there are a lot of simple, you know, easy, easy ways uh, to slowly start, you know, turning back the clock on, on your health and everything. Wonderful. And then let's talk about mindfulness for a moment, because we hear it all the time. Everybody talks about 
mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And it, it's one of those words that when you hear it so many times, it sort of ceases to have much meaning after a while. So what, what does mindfulness mean to you? And if we use the same model, I mean, you, you know, you gave the example of what we would call in the coaching world, getting leverage. You know, you mm -hmm. asked the question, what's going to happen if I eat this way five years from now? And we could probably ask the same question about mindfulness or, or where the mind goes. So mm -hmm. what's mindfulness to you? And what's an example of something that I can do to cultivate mindfulness in my life? Yeah. Uh, so mindfulness until the past probably year, I hadn't really uh, practiced it very, very much, if at all. Um, so I realized that what we are unaware of, we cannot change. So when you become aware of the way that you're thinking, uh, then you can put into practice as far as you, you notice thoughts when they come up and then you can change your thoughts because we literally create our reality by the thoughts that we think and the words that we speak. Um, so when you're aware of the thoughts that you're having, you can change a stressful response into a more positive situation. Um, my boyfriend, for instance, the other day, he was talking about, oh, well, I, I can't afford that right now or I don't have enough money in my account. And I said, oh, let's let's reframe that a little bit. Let's let's uh, maybe say, oh, I'm thankful that the universe is showing me ways to be creative with my finances and I'm open to more abundance. <laughs> so really when we can, I don't want to say control our thoughts, but when we can reframe our thoughts into healthier and more positive ones, um, it allows us to open up a whole new world of, you know, a, a better life, a happier life, a more fulfilled and joyful life. Um, I, I installed uh, the app on my phone, Insight Timer. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm not. It is amazing. It's a free app. Um, they literally have a meditation for anything and everything. Uh, some of them are as brief as one minute, which I like because I have monkey mind and it's very hard for me to sit for like 10 minutes and meditate. Um, but I actually do the practice with my son as well. They have ones for parents and kids to do together. So we lay there on my bed and we hold hands and we do the little deep breathing and the mindfulness. And so I really, it's important for me to cultivate that in him so he can, you know, be mindful of his thoughts you know, his attitudes, his reactions to things throughout life. Um, he's eight years old. So I'm hoping I'm setting him up for, <laughs> for success with that. Just, just the awareness, you know, is so important. So we've talked about some of the building blocks for this life transformation as being diet, exercise, mindset, mindfulness, and chakra work. Those are some of the things that we've, we've talked about. Can you give me an example? I mean, obviously those were very impactful in your life. Can you think of a, a client who you've worked with on the various of those building blocks and transformed or helped them to transform their life through it? Yeah, so one of my more prevalent um, transformations was a client that I worked with. She's a filmmaker up in Los Angeles. and she had been procrastinating a film and scripting project for over a year. And so in just through deep listening and questioning and giving her some meditations and some journaling exercises to do, um, we realized her problem wasn't time management, which is what she initially came to me for. Um, it turned from time management, then it turned to perfectionism. 
and then diving a little deeper and guiding her through a meditation, she had discovered a very, very deep subconscious wounding from her childhood um, where she discovered, wow, my mom all through my, my childhood growing up just told me basically that my projects that I worked on were not important and not valuable. And that's why I was putting this project off because very subconsciously, she wasn't even aware that she had this um, deep healing that needed to occur. And then she was able to finish her project in two months of working together. And what, what specific techniques did you share with her? In other words, after you got through the, we, we sometimes call it peeling the layers of the onion to get down right, to the right. underlying issue. Uh, then which of these um, pieces did you help her with? The, the uh, guess, that we talked about. Right, right. I had given her some uh, chakra me meditations to do. I recorded some of those for her. So she worked on that. Um, a lot of hers was a solar plexus issue um, and also heart chakra issue, forgiveness for her mother and for herself. So we worked on that and then uh, some journaling exercises and writing a letter to her younger self from her higher self was, was able to kind of help her break past that. Wonderful. And Hillary, can you uh, give our listeners a way to get a hold of you if they want more information? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my email is h-i-l-d-i-e-t-m at gmail.com. That's hilldietm at gmail.com. Or you can uh, book a clarity call with me on hillarydeepmeyer.youcanbook.me. One more time. That's a lot of letters. <laughs> it is. Uh, hillarydeepmeyer.youcanbook.me. Perfect. Well, Hillary Dietmeyer, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Before you go, I wanted to remind you of free healing resources available on my website, www.bobvetter.com. This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.